6640. Your future lies in 6640. 66 books by 40 authors, and yet we now discover it's an integrated message system from outside our time domain. Welcome to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher is Chuck Missler, connecting the Bible to your life and the world around you. In today's study, Chuck completes his teaching on the book of Proverbs, chapters 1 through 4. Why do the wicked prosper? What a, what a big what a big topic that is. Let's get to chapter 3, the path of wisdom. Chapter 2 protects our paths. Chapter 3, wisdom directs our paths. Chapter 4, he perfects our paths. And we're in chapter 3 at this point. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Interesting phrase. But let thine heart keep my commandments. You know, it's interesting if you study the Ten Commandments, all but one are operationally defined. You can tell if somebody did or didn't. Or if you steal or if you worship an idol. You can t- it's, a, it's an overt act. The, the, the adultery is, a, is, is in the heart. And of course Jesus redefines all of those for us in the, in the Sermon on the Mount. That the, the real sin occurs in the heart, not in the act. The act is just a follow through of what's in the heart. It's interesting here in the Old Testament, in the book of Proverbs, my son, forget not my law, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. If you keep his commandments in your heart, you flee from sin before it takes root. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. In other words, it's promising um, benefit from these commandments in the current lifetime. We all understand, yes, there will be benefits in the afterlife, or however you want to call it. The uh, length of days, long life, and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thy find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Boy, that's a challenge to all of us. And that's the way I think you have to study this book. This is not like some of the other books where we have historical or prophecy books where we can come up and make some diagrams and make some charts and show how this fits into that and all that sort of stuff. That's fun. I enjoy that, the exposition of it. This is um, the way to appropriate Proverbs is to digest it yourself. These things don't require expositional comments. Where they can, I'll try to as we go forward, get into some of the vocabulary subtleties and some of that. But uh, most of these are so straightforward, they're disarming. They're so straightforward. Just a question of applying them, digesting them, rereading them, and asking the tough questions. You know, how does this fit in my life? How do I relate what I'm hearing here to Jesus Christ? And vice versa. Now this is, this is one of these great verses that is should be in all our little memory packs. It's a great verse. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Boy, that's a great promise. That's a great challenge and a great 
promise. Trust the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. I personally believe every day that goes by, God asks me in a different way, do you trust me? Every day, sometimes subtly, sometimes in very serious terms, God finds a way to ask me the question, Chuck, do you trust me? It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and what's the side of that? He shall direct thy paths. Do you believe that? Yes. Make that a personal word. That's a, that's a life verse right there. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. For it shall be health to thy navel and morrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. I am so tired of people trying to argue about New Testament tithes. You know, do I, I'm, not, I'm not in the Old Testament, I don't have to tithe. Well, Jesus said his disciples were going to tithe. So I, you, 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 you want to get, start splitting definitions and so forth? Um, uh, Malachi 3.10, of course, is the ultimate rebuttal, but Proverbs 3.10 comes close here. Um, Honor the Lord with thy substance. And with the first fruits of all an increase. And, the, and, and what, what's really underscored elsewhere, and I think it's implied here too, is not with the seconds, but the firsts. You know, if, if you're going to donate substance, it should be the best of the substance. It's, it's the best of the flock. It's the best of whatever. Not the one you couldn't sell at market. Well, I'll give it to the church, you know. So forth. Um, and I'm not here to disparage you taking cast downs and giving it to the union mission. That, that's all fine. That's a different thing. But I think if you're going to give it to the Lord, you want it first class. Because what you're giving is your statement of how important he is. And then, so, the, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Oh, doesn't say grape juice, does it? I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. We're going to. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. The Hebrew word here is yasar, which, is, which means to chastise, or the word chastise and instruct are the same word in the Hebrew. And um, it's invo it involves correction. Um, and if he loves you, he'll correct you. If he's not correcting you, uh, that's a huge danger sign. Huge danger sign. See, as I say, we get this backwards. See, we, we, we should punish our criminals and discipline our children. We do it backwards. I'm going to punish you for breaking that window. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Uh, discipline, yes. But there's a difference. We need to understand that difference. Unfortunately. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. With what? With wisdom. Understanding. Do you believe that? What are you doing about it? How does that belief impact your priorities? Where you spend your time and how you study? That's a question. 
Put it in your notepad and ask yourself that question. Formulate your own answer to that. Do you really believe it's more, is understanding and wisdom more important than silver and gold and so forth? Serious question. Length of days in her right hand and in her left hand, riches and honor. So there she is. She's offering both longevity and riches and honor. Not between. Both are there from her. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her and happy is everyone that retaineth her. Do you believe that? You see, this is so black and white that it's easy for us to miss the issue. Because it, is, it is an issue. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. Oh, here we go. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. You remember when James Dobson confronted us, what was the first thing created? It wasn't the earth. The earth was created before the sun and the planets from Genesis 1, right? There's, that, there's all that to go through. No, no, I thought that's where he's going at. No, no. Wisdom was there first. And who is wisdom? Jesus Christ, the creator. He's the embodiment of it. That's going to hit a climax when we get to chapter 30, but I'll, I'll, keep, I'll try to stay off that until we get there. Then, then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. I had a very vivid demonstration of this sort of thing. Uh, I was on the board of Walter Martin, and we were in Anaheim, and he was speaking at the what, place called Melody Land there, which is a circle in the round kind of place. And, uh, the, and he was in our offices, my partner and I. We were the ones that brought him to the West Coast back in those days. Uh, he was originally based in New Jersey. Anyway, um, he was speaking at Anaheim, uh, 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 Melody Land Center that night, and the Anaheim police came by our office. And they were very concerned because they had threats that they regarded as credible on Walter's life. And they tried to talk him out of canceling or getting a substitute. He would have none of it. And uh, well, I said, if you're going to, will you at least wear a vest, a Kevlar vest or something? He says, Psalm 46 is my vest. <laughs> he said, he wouldn't have any of that either. And uh, he went, and we, we, we were, always, we were, had our electronics there to tape his talks as we always did. We were pretty apprehensive because the anti police was sure something was, you know, some nut was going to do something. And um, to make a long story short, obviously it didn't. But, but Walter was showing great strength. He said, later on he was debriefing on this. He says, it's doing fine until he got out there on the mic. And because of the, the floodlights, you can see nothing. You don't even see the audience because the lights are so bright. You're, you know, and it's in 360 degrees, right? He says, for a while, he, he, had, he toughed it through. He didn't say... In his heart of hearts, he was doing fine until he got up there and realized, whoa, <laughs> he's really here, and they're really out there, you know. Yeah. But it was interesting to see Walter, under, under the pressures of that circumstance, unflinch. And uh, I, uh, he, he quoted Psalm 46 at the time, as I recall, but, but I love this. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither the desolation of the wicked when it cometh, for the Lord shall be thy confidence. And in Walter's case it was. And shall keep thy foot from being taken. What a precious promise. Oh boy, withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. 
I won't ask for a show of hands of how many of you have some delinquent payables. I have a doctor, a friend of mine, you know, when we lived down in Southern California, he said he could open the file drawer and his Christian patients were all the ones that were delinquent in paying. And how often that is. You know, you'll find in business, among serious businessmen, what really makes them nervous is when they find out they're dealing with a born-again Christian. Even though they may be a born-again Christian too, but if that's on the sleeve somehow, I remember I had an attorney friend of mine that said when someone walked in his office and said, oh, I'm so glad I finally found a Christian attorney. He knew what that meant. That means he wasn't going to end up getting paid. Um, it's so tragic that the conduct of the Christian community within the business community is not good. And there are many good Christian businessmen that keep it a secret that they're Christian because it's an impediment to a good, prudent business relationship. And there's, 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 there's the willingness to impose and a, and a presumption that, that discipline isn't required, that, that is somehow an unfortunate attribute. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. And by the way, verse 27 literally says, do not withhold good from its owners. That's what the Hebrew actually says. Say not unto thy neighbor, go and come again, and tomorrow I will give when thou hast it by thee. Boy, devise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwelleth securely by thee. Strive not with a man without cause, if he hath done thee no harm. Sounds so straightforward. It's so easy for us just to skip over. Well, that's not me. And yet, I, th I think it's very worthwhile to get very introspective on these things. That's why they're there. And, uh, and, and if you're not open to the fact that this may be talking to you, that itself is a danger signal. Envy thou not the oppressor, or choose none of his ways, for the froward is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret is with the righteous. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, and he blessed the inhabitation of the just. But he blessed the, but he blesseth the habitation of the just. Surely he scorneth the scorners, but he giveth grace to the lowly. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. Boy, boy. Okay, let's see if we can get, squeeze one more in here. The path of wisdom. Chapter 2 protects the path. Chapter 3 directs the paths. Chapter 4 perfects the paths. Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father. Here again, get the family setting here. The teaching of the children are the burden of the father. And you guys feel convicted? Okay. That's, uh, I didn't say that. Solomon did. Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father. And attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. Who is he talking about? David and Bathsheba, interestingly enough. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. With all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor, 
when thou dost embrace her. She shall give thee to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom, I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction, let her not go, keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not except they have done mischief. Their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is, dar is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son... Attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. That's your most important stewardship. One of the things I often open up a conference with that question of a group. What is your most important stewardship? And most Christian guys realize their career is not necessarily number one. And the wife is nudging them in the elbow, with their elbow. Uh, it must be the family, you know. No, there's something even more important than your career, more important even than your family. Your most important stewardship is your heart. That's where the battleground is. That's where Satan will have you, or try to have you. We're going to talk a lot about his ways. Robert's going to get into that downstream here a little bit, but... Keep, keep thy heart with all, keep it like a, uh, a husbandman, like a steward. Keep thy heart with all diligence. You know, we're coming close to a year end. We typically sit down at the end of the year and make a balance sheet and figure out, okay, look the year over. Here, here are our assets, here are our liabilities, here's what went well, here are the problems. You got to sort of take stock, not just financially, but in broader terms. And uh, boy, what an important time to stop and think, what have you done this year for the stewardship of your heart. How have you manifested in your heart God as a priority? Is He the number one priority? I'm going to suggest to you God does not want to be number one on a list of ten. He wants to be number one on a list of one, in effect. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right nor the left. Remove thy foot from evil. This is, this is a rebuttal to compromise. So let's just summarize before we wrap it up here. We cannot avoid decisions. These are not just academic exercises that we take some notes and file it with our Bible studies. Our decisions determine our destiny. We either choose the path of wisdom or the path of folly. You cannot postpone this decision or avoid it. It confronts you every day. Every day. To choose one is to reject the other, and to reject one is to choose the other. There's, it's, it's a black, all the way through, it's black and white. There are no gray areas here. It's pretty crisp. 
And the question that you need to think about on the way home is what decision have you made? Sin is always alluring. Folly does everything she can to make sin look attractive. It's not dark and gnarly, it's attractive. Madison Avenue does everything it can to make it attractive. She never reveals her true nature. She never tells people that her house is the way to hell. That's the reality that the Scripture lays out for us, but we never see it that way. The only way to detect folly is to walk with wisdom. That's, what, that's one of the key insights of chapter 2. And those who walk with wisdom, of course, obeying the, God, uh, uh, the Word of God, uh, will not easily be tricked by folly. It takes time for judgment to fall. Just because you get away with it for a while is not a sanction. The simple, the fool, and the scorner all thought they had it made when they rejected wisdom because nothing disastrous happened immediately. But judgment eventually caught up with them. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. Read that somewhere, right? Okay. Satan always appeals to the flesh. You know, it's interesting how even in the field of Islam, the fact that Islam resorts to violence makes it an appealing place to go. When we're called to be warriors for the faith, often what, the, what we're called to isn't very glamorous. It's a, it's a calling of forbearance, of patience, of forgiving, and all kinds of things. Boy, you get Islam, you take up the sword for Allah. Satan's so deceived. It, it appeals to the flesh to be a warrior for Allah, you know, and so forth. Satan always appeals to the flesh. The wicked woman or strange woman in the, in the Proverbs is appealing to the young man's appetites. She tells him that he can, use his, he can use his body as he pleases and not suffer for it. That's a lie, of course. Satan always deals in lies. And we're going to see more of that in, in the coming chapters of, of the focus on, on, on the, the challenge to the young man. Sexual sin does lead to tragic results, both in body and in soul. There's a whole spiritual side of these so-called affairs you hear about that no one talks about. God continues, however, to call despite all of these things. So long as people will hear, His Spirit will continue to call. It's when we refuse to obey that we begin to get deafness, that is, to the Word of God. Beware of that. If these kinds of indictments don't jar you or bother you or you don't feel any sense of conviction, that should scare you more than anything else. That should scare you more than anything else. You become um, calloused to the call of your conscience. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. The book of Hebrews warns you. Well, let's talk about the next session. Read the, next, read the first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs for next time. And you might think about anyone you know who fits these descriptions. It's an interesting exercise. I mean in the Bible. There are thumbnails of every person in the Bible embedded in the book of Proverbs, I believe. Also personally, now this is a list you don't have to write down. I recommend you don't. <laughs> but uh, something else you might consider, you might consider starting a daily program as part of your devotional reading. Just uh, front end it with a, 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 take the date and uh, read that chapter of the book of Proverbs. And, uh, and see how that blesses you.
And I suspect that every day you'll find at least one of those things that'll reach out and grab you for the day. Well, that's a powerful, powerful way. And there's nothing magic about the date, but it's just an easy way to keep it moving. And if you miss a day as you may, don't try to backtrack. Just keep, just jump right in again. So wisdom and folly. Three calls from wisdom, three from folly. We saw the first call. The fool, the fool, the scorn of the simple. And uh, we have the, we will, in the coming, in the reading assignment, you'll have follies, uh, first call, second call, and third call. And uh, we'll also see the results of it all. Let's stand for closing word of prayer. Let's bow our hearts. Well, Father, we thank you for the privilege you've extended to bring us all together to study your word. We thank you, Father, that in your kingdom there are no accidents, no coincidences, that we're all here right now by your divine appointment. We do pray, Father, that your purpose would be accomplished in each of our lives. We would pray, Father, that you would reignite in each of us a new hunger, a new appetite for true wisdom and understanding. We would pray that your Holy Spirit would just open our hearts to your word and your word to our hearts, that in all these things we, in, we too might grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, that we each would become better stewards of all the opportunities before us, especially better stewards of our own heart. Help us, Father, to really reflect your priorities in our decisions. That in all these things we might be pleasing in your sight as we commit ourselves without any reservation into your hands in the name of Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been listening to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher was Chuck Missler, teaching through the book of Proverbs. Download the K-House TV app to access an ever-growing collection of free resources. Visit the iTunes or Android app store, or search K-House TV on your Roku streaming device. Thank you for listening to 6640 and for your continued prayerful support of this ministry. Until next time, as we continue this series, May God bless you with the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ, as you study His Word.